My name is Deacon Brian. Welcome to the Shepherd of the Hills Sermons Podcast. Every week we share our Sunday morning sermons with you to keep these important conversations going. We hope you not only enjoy hearing our words of God's love for you, but will also feel compelled to share these words with everyone who needs to hear this message. As always, we encourage you to keep the conversation going at home, at work, and everywhere you go. On the fourth Sunday of Advent, I talk about Zechariah's encounter with the divine and the proclamation that Elizabeth will conceive a child, even in their old age. I talk about how after all of the waiting and preparation of Advent, we have come to the moment of the proclamation of a new baby as well, the birth of Jesus, and that even in the midst of the pageantry and majesty of the birth story, and that even in the midst of the chaos of the world, God still enters into our lives in the most humble and quiet of ways. So sit back, relax, and let us dive into this week's sermon. Our gospel today comes from Luke chapter 1. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as a priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. The word of our Lord. Let us pray. Wonderful God, enter into our hearts and our minds this morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock, our redeemer, our Emmanuel. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Can you feel it coming? like a big locomotive heading full steam ahead down its tracks, like a mighty river unstoppable in its path towards the sea, the cosmic revelation of God's presence among us in our form and our likeness is nigh. Today, we reach the end of a season of waiting and anticipation. After weeks of preparation, weeks of hearing this expected manifestation of God's promises, Weeks of stories and programs and concerts and parties and every other aspect of this Advent season, we have arrived. The earth is preparing to sing. The angels are readying their hosannas and noels. The shepherds are in place, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the holy family is entering into the city of David, looking for a place in the inn as they prepare for the day to be counted. All is in place and all is ready. But before we kick off this gospel party with an epic retelling of that divine, O holy night, Luke tells us a little story. 
The story this morning is an intriguing one, as it is the prologue to the birth of God to Mary. The story, according to Luke, is as important as the one which is to follow. This is the story of John. And I hope you noticed that it sounds awfully familiar. A family who was righteous before God but had no children and who were growing older in years. Yes, the story was written to echo the very beginning of time with the story of Abraham and Sarah. As Luke prepares to tell the story of the birth of Jesus, the subject of Luke's entire gospel story, he first parallels the very beginning parts of the Torah. Elizabeth and Zechariah, like Abraham and Sarah, have no children and are growing old. And like Abraham and Sarah, an angel appears to them and gives Zechariah a promise that Elizabeth will give birth to a son and that they will eventually name him John. Well, also like Abraham and Sarah in the rest of the story, Zechariah doesn't believe the angel because this promise is absurd. They were too old and they could not possibly conceive a child. So Zechariah was punished by the angel for his disbelief and the angel took away his voice, not to be returned until after the child was born and Elizabeth and Zechariah named him John. This John, born to Elizabeth and Zechariah, would become the man in the wilderness who ate bugs and honey and wore camel's hair clothes, who would baptize in the River Jordan and proclaim the forgiveness of sins, who would eventually baptize Jesus and declare, prepare the way of the Lord. What I love about this story, like so many others in our book of faith stories, it's, uh, it's, it's averageness. An angel appeared to Zechariah, who was married to Elizabeth. They were a fairly average family. Sure, they were of the priestly class, so not the lowest of the low, but not the highest uh, and most powerful either. Zechariah was not the high priest of the temple, and they certainly were not of any royal or political power descent. They were a fairly average family who were trying to do their best. They were righteous before God and the law. They were all around good people. Their barrenness was no punishment, either divine or otherwise. It was just their state of being. But then everything changed for them with a sudden encounter with the divine, an encounter with God. Everything changed for this average family living in a childless state. Now, I can't say for sure exactly what Luke's intent was beginning his gospel with this story. The parallels to the very beginning of the Torah are clear, which would certainly lead one to believe that Luke is attempting to root the birth of Jesus in the entire history narrative of Israel. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's all Luke was trying to do. But today, I hear a slightly different message in just a simple one-to-one historical comparison. We know the story which is about to come in the second chapter of Luke. We know about the angels and the shepherds and the star and the magi. We know about the grand pageantry which surrounds the birth of the king of kings, the firstborn of heaven and earth, the savior, the Messiah, our Emmanuel. We know the consequences to come of this birth. And yes, we know the very end of the story. 
It's a big story, isn't it? One of epic proportions, something that could seemingly only exist today on a movie screen with a multi-billion dollar studio budget and a marketing campaign that knocks our socks off. But by starting this epic with a simple story of an average family who is experiencing very normal life problems, who have very normal life hopes and dreams, I think Luke, perhaps coincidentally, places this grand cosmic story into our hands. Luke gives us this story of Elizabeth and Zechariah to remind us that the coming birth of the baby Jesus is for us and for our averageness. <coughs> Excuse me. This past week, um, I was glued to the news, as I'm sure many of you were. The whole week felt a little epic and cosmic, didn't it? It felt to me that every word that was being said, every vote that was taken was some sort of massive, tectonic, plate-shifting thing, like absolutely everything depended on it. I guess to some degree it did, but at the same time, in all of the grandness of it and all of the epicness of the last week of news and politics, I felt like a little bit of a pawn. I felt like I had this skin in the game, but had no control over anything that was or was not going to happen. This last week was big, and it was loud and cosmic, and we were all kind of powerless in it. I don't think that with everything that happened, I don't think there was any transformation that happened. I don't think anything changed. It was just loud and obnoxious and will probably just lead to more loud, obnoxious chaos. This feeling that I have felt, and I'm wondering if you have felt too, has been going on for more than just one week. Anymore, I feel this certain weight in our world. Everything feels like it has cosmic consequences, like the future of the whole world and even the entire universe depends on every little decision that we make. We have to deal with climate change and corruption and wealth inequality and healthcare and every other policy issue that we have to debate and discuss and, and have a decision on. Everything is big and hard and, well, it's always just up to us to fix it and make it better. It's hard to live in that world, isn't it? Where everything is surrounded by a grand pageantry all the time, and where everything and everyone must be perfect all of the time, where everyone must be so aggrandized that taking one moment to even step back and to care for yourself is antithetical to the cause. Yet in the heart of all that noise, in a place of solitude and vulnerability, in the middle of all that chaos, but somehow apart from it, God appears quietly. God shows up and changes us forever. Like Zechariah in the busy temple, like Mary in a lowly stable, there's God. 
You know, I don't think anyone who has ever had an encounter with God was ever really expecting God to be there. I know in my life when I've encountered God, it's usually in the very last place I would have ever expected. But often it was in the place where God was needed the most. In a world that is growing louder and more chaotic, where hope can often feel gone and where too many are often pushed aside. We need now more than ever a space to learn that God continues to show up for us in this way. And that when God appears, things happen and nothing remains the same. We need now more than ever to stop and look and listen for God and to see what God is doing because it is powerful and it is beautiful and humbling and it will always turn everything upside down making the impossible somehow possible again. This is how God has always worked from the beginning of time, and this is how God continues to work for each of you. So as the season of Advent, as the season of waiting and preparation comes to a close, let us take these next couple days to reflect, to think back on those times that God came and encountered you, like God encountered Elizabeth and Mary, Zechariah and Joseph. Where was that encounter? What was happening around you? How were you feeling at the time? And most importantly, how did God change you forever? I want you to keep that story, to keep that feeling in your heart, because in two days, we will gather together here again, We will come to kneel at the foot of the manger. We will worship with our entire selves, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, mighty God, the one who encounters us every day and who changes us forever, our Emmanuel. Amen. Thanks for stopping by and listening to the Shepherd of the Hills Sermons podcast. For more information about Shepherd of the Hills, please check out SothChurch.com or find us on Facebook. Feel free to share this sermon and be sure to follow us on social media and wherever you find your podcast. Go in peace, serve the Lord.